0: The person you're with can't be everything, but it's like, what is the thing they sh- can and should be?
1: That to experience love from someone is to experience somebody's uh, desire
2: for your well-being. Hmm. If you're an attached type, there is a part of your well-being that's attached to their spiritual growth.
3: You, okay. you end up finding out by trying to love someone else or trying to have someone else love you, what's really wrong with you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> big time, big oh, time. Really.
3: Everything is conspiring For people to fuck The Big Hormone
0: Enneagram I'm John Lukovic 405 Sexual self 458 traffic.
5: I'm David Gray Self-pressed sexual Nine with one wing 974 Trifix. What up? It's Emica. I'm an 8-wing seven sexual self-press
3: with 854Fixes.
2: Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a 3 Wing
1: 4 self social nine Trifix. Hi, I'm Alexandra.
2: I'm a social self-preservation 9-wing one 963-TriFix. If you like or hate us, make sure you go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you leave us a review.
3: A couple of episodes ago when we talked about like, the type distribution based on what we've been seeing, and I think Nancy brought up a point that this is likely skewed because of the people who would be likely to ask for typing. And we just, uh, we typed for the first time like a corporate order, someone through Josh. And so this is the first time we've been, we've typed people who did not ask to be typed that were mm-hmm. doing it because of their job. And so it was interesting from that standpoint, but the results were, um, I realized that if we were to type corporate environments that we would see even more attachment, because if you think about it, these are people that have to be functional, normal, and get along with other people. (laughs) 100% of them were sixes and nines, mostly nines. And then the boss, the, the lady who they work for, is a three mostly bermuda all sexual blind and i was thinking yeah if you go out to a law firm what a
2: stereotype
3: if you went to a law firm you're not gonna see any of these fucking weirdos that are coming to any grammar or the or a big a hormone like, <laughs> like all the people who think they're you know somewhat you know fringe or alternative or punk would who would like our stuff aren't working for these startups and Law firms. And so you're going to see more of the, uh, you know, more of the average person is going to be more, even more attachment than um, what we get, which is still 80%, six and nine. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it was a hundred percent.
0: It'd be interesting if there's um, places <laughs> one can go to find more, Hex- more right. hexad or something yeah. like mm-hmm. if they're, There's like, even if they're not like working together, if there's some sort of way, I don't know, hexad collects some sense, like even just scenes or something like that. I just don't think you would ever see
3: a bunch of hexads pulling together anywhere because that's sort of anti what hexad is. It's like whenever you get groups of people who are sort of like pulling from the same collective impulse. You've got yeah, you to have gotta have a lot
5: of attachment types. I mean, you could have like in an art scene some sevens. And sure. attachment types, kind of. But you know, to, to your point, uh,
3: John, like that's, I mean, all these cults that uh, cult documentaries that we see on Netflix, these sort of movements, Hitler is not possible without the world being full of nines and sixes. Yeah, it's just not yeah, possible. Trump being president's not possible unless you have a lot of sixes and nines. Yeah, interesting. Is there any sort of like social topic that we could hit that's not going to be too theoretical? That'd be fun.
2: I wanna, I wanna know what causes uh, people to have jealousy. I don't get it. What? I've realized you recently. No, I don't have it. I've realized recently that yeah, I mean, um,
0: that's true. You don't
2: friends have of what mine have a really hard time with jealousy, and I just don't get it at all. That would be a good. I, I don't relate. Really- be-
0: like uh, what kind of jealousy are you talking about like sexual jealousy Any jealousy
2: no 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 like like friend jealousy like um hmm. like uh like envy?
4: i'm
2: i guess oh. yeah like um if if i'm if if i'm not your best friend then who is or like you know that oh. kind of thing okay. like i've yeah. never understood that and yeah. i've had multiple friends in the past and current who have that and i'm like i don't know i don't even know how to talk to you about this cuz like i don't relate
1: yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, like, jealousy, jealous I of like really. who's closer to who, kind of deal.
2: Yeah, it's almost like a social thing, is it?
0: Well, we don't we don't have to worry about that here because I know that I'm all of y'all's best friend, right? Oh, yeah. mm. so, mm-hmm. Obviously, right. beloved. Actually. <laughs> This is my my uh, my sentimental line of two. Is I have the pictures from Nancy's wedding right back there. Oh that's oh,
1: true. Oh, my god, that's then, precious.
0: Uh, I've got uh, you know mostly me and Alexandra, but then I've got that one we took in Tampa. Oh yeah, Yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ford's Ford's got a line of two. <laughs> so cute,
1: <laughs> big old saps. I
0: love. <clears throat> yeah, very, I'm yeah. a very sentimental.
1: Yeah, he really is.
4: Jealousy. No, and yeah, jealousy uh, would be
1: an interesting one because i feel like romantic and sexual jealousy is just probably all over the place social jealousy is an interesting one too because i i don't really experience it myself like like if my friend's suddenly hanging out with someone else more than me i'm kind of like that's great good for you i don't have that, that much energy uh but i do hear of other people kind of really wigging out about stuff like that
2: yeah i am currently experiencing it from one specific friend who doesn't really listen to the pod. Um, I mean, we've been best friends for a long time, but she's like freaking out about it recently, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> like jealousy, what, spending- <laughs> like what, jealous like, what is wrong with you?
4: you're afraid of spending time with someone else? What is? The fear? Yeah,
2: I guess guess like um like jealousy that like I'm, yeah, hanging out with someone else more than her and not making enough time for her
1: yeah that's a weird one i've gotten that's I've so been weird. on the receiving end of that before, too, and it's always like, what are you doing? I just don't have the bandwidth for that I don't know yeah i I, can
0: kinda I kinda also understand. don't know where it comes from i mean i think uh I can kinda understand like like from my my point like social blind point of view is like not really understanding how other people uh like feeling like you could just just be dropped. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like sure, be dropped yeah. for it sort of easily. Sure. Um, that makes sense to me, but I don't, I don't feel it in the sense of like, oh, you two are hanging out together. I guess that's something about me. But I I can the mm-hmm. sense that like I'm easily cut out is a is something I I experience. Mm-hmm.
2: That is not something I experience at like,
0: all. <laughs> I don't really experience like, oh, this is the value I bring to somebody's life. This is why the, you know I don't I don't really see myself in that way. So like that yeah that kind of like easily cut out thing kind of makes sense to me
2: Mm. that's weird so you just think people might drop you at any moment
0: it's not like a present thought but it's something i can understand that experience and like you know there are times when i'm just like yeah they just like i don't exist in that person's like mindscape you know Mm. and then Mm. i find out maybe i do but uh that's the thing is like just assuming i don't exist in their mind or somehow you know what i mean like they're like when they're in front of me or something, or I'm in front of them. Like oh, they're then like we can hang out, but like yeah, not not assu- assuming that uh, out of sight, out of mind, basically.
2: That's really weird. I. I just assume I'm on everyone's mind all the time. <laughs> narcissistic. Narcissistic types. three. <laughs> I never thought about I'll it. I'll have you know. I just know, assume I'm it. the center of attention. The I'm not social middle bitch here. I'm like, oh, why wouldn't she be thinking about me? I don't know. I, don't know.
3: I haven't thought that's about you Social all
2: playground. Day. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so few fucks given. Uh-huh.
3: No, that's a hard one to find. Um, it feels like I mean, social. We
2: have to talk about it if you have a better topic. But...
3: <laughs> no, I'm just like I'm just remarking on how like I'm trying to find it within myself. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, just like yeah. you know, uh, where what fears do I have? I think I'll have like situations where it feels like, oh shit, I haven't been thinking about people. What if they're mm. not liking me and I've said too many mean things? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: That, okay. that happen. <laughs> that's relatable that's pretty <laughs> relatable <I've said> too <laughs> but many you're still mean the things. center of attention because they're still thinking about you right
3: well i don't even think about that it's like oh maybe you said too many mean things and now they don't want to hang out with you anymore <laughs> or they're not not going to tell you that you've said too many <laughs> mean things or something like that right.
5: they don't want to confront you
3: they don't want to say <laughs> that you've
5: said too many mean things. No.
1: No. They're too scary. Maybe you have.
5: <laughs> I've been meaning to confront <laughs> you about that.
1: Scary <laughs> scary to what about you? confront. Do you experience social jealousy?
5: I mean, I'm trying to, like, put together a scenario, like if, if possessiveness. I knew John and Emica were talking a bunch or something, and I wasn't, I mean, I'm trying to find it, you know? Um, we right. do
0: talk a bunch about you, yeah. David.
5: Yeah. I'm, I'm,
0: yeah, we're meeting tomorrow to talk about David. <laughs> you always have a <laughs> meeting on David. Once, Once again, the just
2: <laughs> coffee dates that are just David Gray. David, yeah. problem that we're
3: always talking <laughs>
5: yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is I'm so popular. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's identify. what you're calling it. Yeah. That's what you're calling that's it. That's what I'm calling it. I'm so wanted. You know, it's hard for me to. uh, uh retrofit into this jealousy. The war on
3: seven fix continues. (laughs) Yes.
5: I can do no wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the war on the seven.
4: Another
1: way to frame it is like feeling left out. I don't know if that's like a different iteration of jealousy or like social possessiveness or something like, well, possessiveness is its own thing in the social space. And like, maybe, maybe I do feel jealousy and like a fear of being left out but possess, like social possessiveness I don't think I have very much. Hmm.
0: Of. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Like I mm-hmm. don't care what if, if someone forms a close relationship with somebody else because yeah. from a from a, at least from a friendship point of view because I feel mm-hmm. like I have people that I spend a lot, like more time with and less time with and it doesn't really affect my like emotional hierarchy or some yeah. shit like that. I'm just like this person really means a lot to me and this person means a lot to me not even really framed in terms of emotional hierarchy but like uh i don't feel like it's like this weeding each other out kind of thing that doesn't make a lot of sense i don't know if
5: this is a social blind thing but for me with my friends i guess mostly that are social blind especially uh it seems like there could be long stretches and then we get together and it's just exactly the same as it was
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: that's nice yeah yeah i feel that way too
0: no. when i've been friends with uh social types and it seems actually more true uh maybe it's not but it feels more true with social type men or at least i've noticed it is they will get kind of like i can sense like some kind of like if i spend time with somebody then and then somebody else like there's a thing there's like a thing there i can feel yeah. they're like, oh, they're, yeah. like what like do coffee. you feel yeah, like a huff or something mm-hmm. or like like yeah, that's something I I've, I've, I don't really have a lot of language for but I've felt that. Yeah, I
2: think the fear of being left out is more what I'm kind of trying to reach for because like um like aside from that one friend, there's also like people in extended friend groups who are like will like be so upset that they weren't invited to something that they will like call, like ask, come up to you and ask. And it's yeah. like bizarre to me i'm like
0: your first mistake is inviting people to do stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) my first mistake is having friends yeah (laughs) not being a vampiric person stuck in a cave (laughs) yeah solitary wolf well maybe this is uh, a
3: we could roll this together with this topic of um romantic relationships what tends to ruin them is the sort of like unrealistic expectations of how much this other person should regulate your emotional life and meet all your needs and what might start off as like two independent people who are enjoying each other's company. Now becomes like, well, I expected you to do this, that, and the other, and to do that and the other. And so it seems like what you're talking about with the jealousy, friend jealousy thing is like, it's not like you had like a friendship contract that said you were going to do this, that, and the other it's like this sort of expectation that oh we're this close and then which means that you are supposed to meet these relational requirements that you're not aware of and so mm-hmm. i think it's even more intensified with romantic relationships where oh well, you're my person so you have to you know exist to make me happy mm-hmm. and this thing that you did <laughs> made me unhappy so you have to do something about it i was like i've never That's one aspect of relationships. Maybe it's a Western thing because uh, the romanticism, rom-coms, how everything revolves around uh, this person who's going to basically complete you. Yeah. It feels like a Western thing because it doesn't feel that way in most places in the world, that romantic
0: notion. Well, I'll add, though, an important distinction because I have been subject to, well, I can't really get what I... Like what i want here so you know that's too unrealistic to expect so i'm gonna settle with like some other thing some trash (laughs) you know it's like it's like there is i mean your point is absolutely right like i mean alexander and i have had to um like be like all right tonight i'm gonna go do something by myself you know Mm -hmm, and that's been like a healthy move to like consciously have a night where we're doing something different with each other than hanging out with each other I need alone yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like I'm prone to take alone time, and but Alexander needs it as much as I do. Yeah, but I don't and, yeah.
1: assert it. Yeah, mm.
0: but um, but yeah, it's like uh, I don't, I don't know how to. Maybe y'all can flesh this out for me or something. But there's the person you're with can't be everything, but it's like what is the thing they sh- can and should be versus being in a trash thing where you're like, oh, but they can't just satisfy all my needs. You know what I mean? Like, right, where, right. Where's that uh, need map yeah. up? Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. I, I think people can also get into, okay, let's see, how do I organize this? It, it, I think what you're framing is that you used that mindset of one person cannot be everything to justify not having like a baseline of what you wanted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is I mean, like, what you're saying? yeah. And I was like, oh, I spend a lot of time now with other friends and stuff because you know, it's like I can't expect that much from a from a r- romantic partnership mm-hmm. emotionally or something like that. You know, what, you yeah. know, what I'm trying to say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing where I was like, well, friends are supposed to do this and this and this. And like, I don't need to be able to like have a, a stimulating conversation with my partner because I have friends, oh, you know, that that's- kind of thing. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> we'll They're just oh, a Oh, that's kind of rough. Uh, just a penis. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, on the opposite end, like Emika, you were saying that there is like a Western expectation for like a partner to be everything. I do think you're right about that. And I do think that in the United States specifically, the effect of individuality and individualism and a kind of like three ish kind of solo actness, you know, there's some, whatever, four, I don't know, whatever uh, that contributes to it too, because we're much less community based and we're yeah. expected to be much more of like a solo thing mm-hmm. that's affected like couples. It's affected parenting, um, But that, yeah, that also has put a ton of pressure on our romantic partnerships because we're less community-based, which means we're getting less from, uh, yeah, like, larger social
2: networks and stuff like that.
3: I saw—oh,
2: go ahead. I was just going to say, if you want to look at, like, how um, the U.S. is laid out, there's a lot more, like, suburbs and um, outlying towns and, like— just more people just live more spread out
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, from like things and just communities. Like, there aren't like communities as much in America yeah. as there are in like literally anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, they, when people come home from work, it's like in it's an event to go back out and go do other things or go get dinner with friends before you come home, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I definitely noticed in, when, in Europe, people are much more apt to just be out and about like people don't just stay home like yeah. they do here mm-hmm.
3: yeah. weird i saw something on social media where it i think it was a survey or something that was measuring who we talk to the most over the span of a lifetime and it's so they said they said that who we spend the most time with you would think that you would spend the most time with your friends or family We actually spend the most time with the people we work with.
4: Mm. And the
3: person that we spend the most time with or talk to the most is our significant other.
4: Yeah.
3: So those and not friends, not family. It's the people you work with and your significant other. And it feels like that's an example of a lack of, you know, you're like you're talking about a lack of community where you go to work and then you come home and then it's your partner. Mm -hmm. and those are the people that you see and talk to more than anybody else and we're so in our little cells of work um netflix and and fucking you know garbage food or whatever that uh your partner there's a lot of weight now put on your partner to regulate your emotions and entertain you and all of the above where i mean
5: most places in the world just aren't so isolated or else people do uh half-assed work communities stuff mm-hmm. you know
4: yeah.
5: yeah
0: like we work kind of shit <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah exactly yeah like we have ping pong tables in a gym
0: i'm trying to think of uh like what like the distinction between we're separate people and i can't get everything here and all that shit versus like what you actually need met in a romantic relationship and, I mean, one thing I think is really important is just, like, to be seen. Yes. You know, like, I think that's, like, a really essential thing is, like, r- your romantic partnership needs to, like, see you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think your friends, I mean, it's great when they see you, but it's, like, they don't need to be the the ones that hold the real seeing as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that is, like, one of the core romantic needs is to be seen and for somebody to keep striving to see you right so like what do you can you unpack that like what exactly does that mean to see you
1: i'm gonna pull something up in the meantime
0: um that's a great question i know what it feels like um i think that like i I do think that there is a, a basic human need for that inner sense of identity to be reached to be wanted to be sought for and it's kind of like somebody who can hold the quote real you no matter how you're thrashing about you know it's like they can really resonate with like this substance of you and so um you know like we can all be in sh- uh like shitty states or whatever do stuff that's like shitty but there's a there's a certain way of like somebody who really helps you remember yourself Mm-hmm. And I feel like friendships. I mean, maybe some intimate friendships are really important. For like, I think they had definitely have a role in that. But I think that your romantic partnership, like that, should be a non-negotiable mm-hmm. in a romantic relationship. Because, because, then, then what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, I mean, what else? What are you doing? Uh, if somebody can't hold that part of your heart in mean, a romantic relationship, it's not really. It's just and, uh, somebody to keep spend time with, rather than a, something. And to have interests that keeps they want to keep penetrating they want to keep digging. Yeah.
2: It, that's actually really interesting that you say that because now that I think about the uh people who have done this, their romantic relationships are seem to be lacking at the time that they like latch on.
0: So mm-hmm. it's almost
2: like they're project like they're taking that need to be seen and putting it on the friendship rather than dealing with the romantic oh, okay. relationship not going well.
0: That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, Emeka, you went through thing where, I, despite whatever dysfunction, I remember you talking about feeling seen, you know. Initially, and like, yes. I yeah, initially. And, like, just what that kind of experience is, uh, it is, that pe- it is like, heart penetrating because, yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember when Alexander and I got together and certain things she would say, like, uh, there were certain things she We were, like, on the phone before we were together in person certain things she would say was like a fucking uh, torpedo into my heart. And yeah. um, and it was like not realizing how much had been like calcified. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't just, uh, I mean, there was like, I love you, but it was also like, stri- like I'm going to, she said something along the lines of, um, I'm going to love you really well or something like that. But there was um, mm-hmm. some thing of like, I'm going to effort to, to connect or effort to be together rather than, oh, this works, you know, (laughs) we like each other and, you know, like, oh, you happen to make me happy, you know, it wasn't just that kind of, this is just happens to entertain me for now, you know, there's a, there's a kind of work element uh, or efforting element that was about, I'm going to try to see you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the definition from this book that I just finished and I just can't find it i don't know how i like didn't highlight it or something but i just finished a book called all about love by bell hooks it was kind of popular a little bit ago i don't know when but anyway um it defines love uh, i'm gonna butcher this but it defines love as the uh the will to put someone's the will to give yourself to someone's spiritual growth or something like that it's like it defines love as an action and not a feeling because you can have like feelings of love for someone you can care about someone but care is not the same thing as the like deliberate action that is taken to love someone. Yeah, the the will and I guess decision to put someone's spiritual growth as like a priority, to make mm-hmm. someone's spiritual growth a priority. And I guess I guess what I'm I guess I'm saying that because we were kind of um Exploring what like the baseline need is in a romantic relationship. And honestly, I do think in friendships too. Um that to experience love from someone is to experience somebody's uh desire for your well-being.
4: Hmm. Yeah,
3: it's good that you make that distinction between actions and feelings because this is trying to define what it means to be seen by somebody. Um what I experienced was more on the feeling side.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: You know, some, so someone could, could whip up a lot of emotion and mirroring that's just based on a projection and maybe you're projecting on them. And so it just becomes this whirlwind of, oh, I'm in love and I have all these feelings, but the person's not actually caring about your well-being
4: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: in, in, in mm-hmm. a sense of like, yeah, it's like as long as you act within a certain boundary of how it aligns with how they feel about you then it's all good but it's not coming from a place of really caring about who you really are and so i mean i've learned not to be cynical about love i know that there's a a real active no bullshit caring about another person but it seems like to me that a lot of what people refer to as love is just a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. projection that that just dissipates after you know three to six months and then they're dealing with the real relationship and then it's over
1: yeah yeah like the original the natural like high and the feelings that can come about of course feels good but that's romance that's not love the action and the commitment and the responsibility
2: yeah and i was gonna say it that description of love as an action makes a lot of sense because the relationships i've seen Die off or peter out just seem like, I mean, it's stereotypically the man, but just seem like one partner is really striving for their other, for the other partner's like well being and growth and wants to actively work towards that. And the other one obviously doesn't wish ill of the person they're with, but uh, uh, assuming they're fitting into the box of loving them. And they don't really care about their growth. Mm-hmm. They aren't really oh, acting. Right. They're just feeling.
1: Yeah, and people can definitely take it's a more receptive. Yeah, totally. It totally does. People can take a more receptive role to love, and they can they can think that they're only experiencing love if they're on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. Forget mm-hmm. forgetting yeah. that giving yep. giving it <laughs> is it like part, part of, it. of the yeah is part of the cycle. Like yeah, I guess that's it. There's also the book also makes a, like, an interesting distinction between. Um, care and love hmm. that you can be in a relationship that has a lot of care like I care about your like physical well-being I'm gonna take care of you make sure you're fed make sure you're like well regulated and stuff like that but that could there could still be a blockage between like I want to do what will advance you spiritually mm. and emotionally um, and that's the that's the like main distinction
3: it almost sounds yeah. so unrealistic to think that there's some other some human being. Will care about you, your spiritual advancement, unselfishly.
1: Ooh, that that's like not rejection, baby. I <laughs> mean,
3: how like that's a, a fucking edges. rare experience that that some unselfish human being is gonna is going to see you in that sort of way, mm-hmm. without any sort of like um, seeing a self uh, a benefit to themselves to mm-hmm. love you in that kind of way. It's like. Holy shit! What kind of a character you'd have to have yeah. to be well, have the capacity to love somebody like that? <clears throat> I
2: think it, I think it's important to note that um, if you're an attached type, there is a part of your well-being that's attached to their spiritual growth. Right? Uh-huh. If you attach to a person, so it's not selfless, right? It's very selfish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but it just it happens to
0: work. I think to Emika's point, I mean, a lot of people don't care about their own spiritual growth. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. how can yeah. you give a fuck about somebody else's, much less if someone else is growing and you are not interested in your own growth mm-hmm. it, is, it is detrimental to your, you know, to your agenda if they grow. So yeah. I think a lot right. of totally. relationships fair. are based yeah. on that. And you know, Alexander was making distinction like there's difference between love, there's difference to, from romance and a difference from care. Those mm-hmm. are all different things, but it's hard to line them up with somebody. And then, you know, attraction or connection, right. or, you know, whatever is a whole thing too. But, uh, you know, last night, Alexander and I went to uh, my friend Simon. You, you guys know Simon, right? Yeah, uh, uh, funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah. that that's his descriptor.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. He's, uh, he's so he,
1: fucking funny.
0: He's getting married, so we went to, a, um, kind of, kind of, I guess, like a... Instead of like a bachelor bachelorette thing, they did just like a a bride or a wedding party thing. A bar crawl, yeah. Yeah, and it was really fun. And um, they live way out in the fucking middle of Queens and we live in Brooklyn. And so like it's like a haul to get up there. So Mm the first time I've been inside their apartment and uh, part of what was fun was just celebrating like their energy together and stuff like that. And I went into Simon and Emma's apartment and... I was looking around and I really felt like there was a way in which I saw that the environment of their apartment it didn't just feel like both of them but I could feel like her influence on him and his influence on her mm. in a way in which at least because I know Simon much better than I know Emma it was like oh she is like reaching into Simon's energy you know she is like interested in having Simon's energy uh, integrated and represented in the environment in a way yeah. that I was like, I don't know, I recognized was like, a was it like she got his distinct flavor in some way. There was like that seeing was present in the environment. And, That's cool. Um, I think she has a lot of self-prez. So there was like a lot of that in there, but um, it was that kind of a thing. It was like, Oh, I could feel, I've seen them around and stuff, but it was like, I could feel that vibe on that level. It was a cool thing. And so it felt like that, that seeing that we're talking about there that was like, all right, this makes sense. They're getting married. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I just think it, it's um, not to make it almost like an unreachable ideal because it, it almost feels like the level of character development that someone would have to have because you can't love someone um, to any degree that beyond what you've been able to love yourself or, care about your own development or to be able to see yourself. And that's one of the things I took away from my last relationship is um I will never be able to see anyone better than I've seen myself. Like I Mm -hmm. can't go into a relationship hoping to get from another something that I haven't able I have not been able to give myself. Mm -hmm. And um so it it puts a lot a lot of like there are a lot of unhappy people out there hoping that you know, a relationship is going to complete them. And it's like if you're not yeah. happy on your own, if you're not developing yourself, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna care about you're not gonna have the capacity to care about the well being of somebody else if your own well being is something that you've already you've neglected.
4: Yeah.
3: Um and so it seems like relationships are a way to confront our own demons. Like you you know. end up finding out by trying to love someone else or trying to have someone else love you, what's really wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> big time. Big totally. time. It's okay. like, oh, I was looking for this solution or this for this person's love to heal this part of me. It's like, no, yeah, it, it was something that you needed to deal with before you could actually love someone else.
1: Yeah. And interestingly enough, therein rises the opportunity to practice love, actually. Mm-hmm is when you're confronted with somebody that is, like, triggered, you know, like, it, you know, okay, how do I say this? In partnership, you will, like, inevitably trigger each other. You know, people have woundings that they come in with, um, and those will get activated. And when those activations happen, um, actually, let's put a pin in that and just go back to, like, um, I don't know, just, like, the climate that we're all raised in. Like, love is not ta- really taught anywhere. Mm-hmm. The practice of love is just, like, not taught anywhere. In fact, like, John and I have talked about this a little bit. And um, especially in Western culture where consumerism and capitalism is just rampant, that is the attitude that we take to love, too.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Like, we're actually not taught how to uh, contribute and how to give and how to just, like, put yourself second sometimes. And, like, especially when you're good and somebody else needs you at the moment. Um. So just, just from, just from that as a baseline, we're just taught that like in order, in order to recognize love, it just needs to be a receiving quality mm-hmm. uh, and it needs to always feel good. Um, you know, that kind of like Valentine's day energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then bringing it back when we're in partnerships and we're like triggered by each other, that's the opportunity to, to really practice that giving. You know, to really try to, like, be a container for somebody's, like, healing. Um, yeah, I kind of don't know where I'm going. But that, it kind of makes sense that when an op- that an opportunity to practice, that kind of thing would rise when people are triggered by each other. Especially when it's, like, incidental. You know, when nothing is actively happening. It's just wounds that have been brought into a relationship. Am I making sense? I'm kind of totally blasting.
2: Totally. Yes. I just, like, I can't... <laughs> I love how you're tying this together, Alexandra, because that plus the description of love is just, like, I'm extrapolating it out to, like, all the relationships I have, just, like, whether it's meaningful or not, or, like, relationship with my mom, just all these things about how really it gets down to if it's good or not, it gets down to whether or not the other person is striving for your well-being. Yeah. And that's just, like really interesting because i never thought about it that way so Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting
1: Yeah, striving for your well-being is a good way to it's a good little catchphrase for what love is
3: it brings it out of the the sort of romantic movie genre bullshit into something (laughs) that's actually actionable
1: yeah yeah, and I mean, we, we obviously we get our first, like, feelings of love as well as our first heartbreaks out of it in relationship with our parents, right? Mm-hmm. Our, like, holding, original holding environments. The bo- It's pretty good. The book is pretty good. There were, like, some parts where I was like, this is corny and lame. But I actually, <laughs> once I finished processing it, I was like, actually, that was fucking pretty well put together. hmm um it's kind, kind of it is kind of cheesy at some points but like even that we've been kind of desensitized to the like potency of being cheesy <laughs>
4: yeah
0: yeah i agree uh, actually i you know uh, i i totally agree that we should embrace cheese more but uh there's a thing so like the romance thing is interesting because there's like in it like tying it to kind of enneagram stuff there is so many distinctions we could make about love and romance, but, you know, using the Enneagram. And, like, what I mean by that is that a lot of what people think is romance or leading to romance or attraction or something is just our object relations going crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And I don't just mean our, our detachment or frustration or rejection per se, but just, like, the whole re-evoking a constellation that you had with your early caregivers and being like, oh, they're going to abandon me just like my parents did emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Yeah. So there's that level um, that somebody's got like a thing you can sufficiently project onto to play mm-hmm. out the same wounds you once, you, 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 your, your whole life is kind of an excavation around. So it's like, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. But also, um, uh, you know, and we mistake that for feeling seen, and we mistake that for feeling uh, loved, or we mistake that for like potential. in a relationship you know so alexander was talking about kind of having this um being able to put yourself aside for another and one of the things that is in that that speaking about this capitalism and all this other stuff there's always these there's this like sentiment of like putting yourself aside for the sake of another and then there's the counter kind of thing of like well don't be a doormat and sacrifice too much and become a codependent thing And it's like, what's, what's, how do you navigate one or the other? And, um, you know, in either case, or excuse me, in, in the way of like, like you're, you're doormatting yourself, basically you're, you're, there's something falling asleep. There's something having to be cut out. And I feel like to actually put another first in a genuine way is waking some other part of yourself up for them. You know, like for example, like, I mean, like Alexander and I trigger each other sometimes. And there's times when my insecurities and questions annoy the shit out of her and vice versa. And sometimes you just like bite the bullet and you let your, you watch your reactions and you have them, but you don't put them on the, on your partner because they're needing something because they're feeling wounded and they're feeling whatever. And it's like there's a boundary and like a limit and we've had to cut each other off when it's been like, It's just going on too long or something, but Mm -hmm. you know when that part of you that like can wake up and say, "Okay, I'm uncomfortable, Uh, I'm exhausted, I'm whatever," but this is what like something is needing to happen here for some some real some a a deeper level of connection to happen. It's like there's something that is waking up, and so I think that's important because um, there is this kind of cultural counter narrative that's developed that i think is very much in this consumer style of relationships and dating it's kind of like another person should never put you out another person should never be Mm -hmm. too much of like a burden on you or never be uh basically make you not feel bad feelings and it's like there are bad feelings that are about suppressing yourself and there's bad feelings that are necessary to endure for something to be woken up and i think that's a yeah that's really distinction good distinction i see a lot in like when i'm coaching people those kinds of things are like a lot a lo- like there's just a lot of those kinds of uh distinctions need to be made of like to sort of see like the uh you know those like xyz diagrams that give you like a three-dimensional where you are like one of those kind of things of where you are in the relational soup yeah i think you asked the question earlier
3: like what where how do you make the distinction for what is a healthy dependency, emotional and otherwise, in a relationship. Because if you go too far, then you have a codependent relationship and you don't have a relationship at all if you're not depending on each other. And so it's like, it feels like a, the relationship is somewhat like a navig- navigating and negotiating um, how to depend on someone else without going too far into, you know, we've lost our individuality and we're join at the hip, now we're getting sick of each other, or it's just become this overly codependent thing, versus, oh, I'm so separate and and I never depend on this person for you don't have a relationship at that point. So I don't I don't have the answer for that, but it seems like that's that is the question of, you know, how do you maintain how do you have a healthy distance in a relationship where you have intimacy, you feel seen and you support each other, support each other's well being, but it doesn't become this sort of like doormat simp you know for you know guys or male presenting uh
2: individuals
3: persons (laughs) uh
2: way to be woke (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) i'm trying to like not not get any clap back from nancy (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, yeah I, i think about that kind of shit because i go it seems to me i i experience the, the extremes where it's like all right dude fuck relationships you know just do all your right. thing and then i get into relationships like oh i'm just gonna drop everything for this person whatever you know like of course i'm in the back of my mind is like dude like what this is doing? gonna yeah this is gonna suck because i'm not doing what i want to do um and the more you give the more they take <laughs> yeah um but no it's that seems to be the question It's how do you navigate a healthy dependency.
2: Yeah. Um, one trick, I don't know if this would work in, uh, for everybody, but it tends to work for me when I'm trying to figure out what the fuck my brain is doing, um, especially as a Bermuda type. So some of our uh, listeners might appreciate this. Um, but when you're trying to figure something out like that, you can make like a little journal Of what you do and how it makes you feel for the next like Mm, 24 to 48 hours so like you do something and then you check in with yourself like an hour after okay now 12 hours after and how did that make Mm. you feel and what are the repercussions from that and you have to like really check in and really see how you physically feel and if there's anything going on with your body because then you really get into okay does this drain me does this give me energy? Was I feeling better through the day? Was I feeling worse through the day? Was it? So um, that's just like a very like analytical way to approach it. But I found it really helpful as a Bermuda to like just get down to the basics of checking in with yourself.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of relates to, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is actually,
4: <laughs> well, it doesn't have to relate uh, Just say something.
1: <laughs> well, for some reason, I, this is like very cheesy and... But whatever, people love cheese. Embrace
2: the dairy. <laughs>
1: Embrace the dairy. Um, I mean, self-love is going to be a really important part to being in relationship with another person and to experiencing love and to knowing what love is going to feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as, as like wounded as basically the whole world is to the practice of love and receiving it and giving it or whatever, there's just like a profound lack of self-love that I think the majority of the people in the world have for themselves.
4: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Like even though like unconditional positive self-regard, you know, people that are like, I'm the best. I think I'm great. You don't, you don't, and you know that. So I, I do think it starts with that. And I certainly don't have the answers for that. Cause I, that can be really, really tough for me sometimes. Um, but that is a necessary I think that's a necessary piece because it shows you where to place boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, I think it also shows you that like lo- being in love, I'm not talking about like the feeling, but like being, I don't know, following like a love ethic to use something else from the book um, is also recognizing that it actually doesn't always feel good. Mm. Like what John mentioned earlier is that sometimes we have had to stop each other And it doesn't feel good, but it actually is done out of love for yourself and for the other person. Like there's been some times where I have to stop like this is crossing something. We've got to stop. And it is done out of love. And, you know, same thing vice versa. And of course, like we don't have all the fucking answers either, but I do think that yeah, self-love is gonna be a an important piece. I don't know that it has to come first. Like people always say that. I don't actually i don't know that that's possible to like oh you have to love yourself first and then you can experience love with somebody else i don't know how true that is because like i don't i don't know that kind of would make me believe that like nobody loves at all ever
0: (laughs) yeah well i think it begs the question of like what's what does it mean to love oneself because i mean there are parts of myself that i very much love and there's parts i absolutely hate and you know it's self-love in a real sense is different from self-esteem, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh,
0: and we people confuse that a lot where it's yeah. just like I feel confident or something that's right. self-love okay. or something like that or I just I feel cocky. Yeah, off- or recognizing
1: the, like, like certain abilities or something like that.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the cockiness is, you know, a cover for uh, a deficiency of genuine self-love and like self-love is like um there is a quality of matter of factness to it in a certain way. It's like, um, it's not a big grandiose thing. It's just kind of like there's a plainness about what one needs and requires and what, um, like a recognition of what corresponds to this. I mean, I'm a heart type, so I'm going to keep emphasizing the identity piece, but like what corresponds to some inner sense of identity, like what is actually my location, what is actually my desire, what is actually, um, something generated in me that is like I'm, I'm, I'm not abandoning myself for some outer thing to fit. Mm. Right. And um, attachment types, you know, we all know that, but like every type does this. It's not just attachment. It's, it's very, you know, it's a little, maybe more explicit in attachment type, but it's no, no different for any type. And so it's like, um, there is it like when I, when I'm working with clients and stuff like this, a model, so to speak, I draw on a lot is like, We all uh, we all abandon a part of ourselves constantly, and that that inner part registers that abandonment as abandonment. Hmm. And so we don't have to love ourselves in the sense of feeling positive feelings about ourselves or having high self esteem, but there's a there's a uh, a intention a renewing intention to keep reaching toward one's inner self inner space her heart or something like this and like i think that's real self-love because it's like we all have plenty of fucking reason to think each one of us is miserable and pathetic and not enough all the stuff and it's like it's gonna stay there but can you still reach for yourself despite those feelings being present you know you don't have to get mm-hmm. rid of them or improve them or something i mean there's things you can do to help like um certain friend who won't be named is doing a program about uh how to how to date you know like how to how to talk to women and it is a thing where like men aren't really taught how to talk to women right like and how to be appealing to women yeah it's interesting like there is a specific hang up
3: uh for guys just walking up to women that they they don't know i think it's it's just one of those things i mean for me i just saw some people doing it and i was like oh i didn't know you could do that i'm gonna do that (laughs) too but it's it, <laughs> what
0: do you what do you do? What does that involve? Like that's so hard for me to imagine. I,
3: I didn't even. Well, I when I started drinking, and going out to bars, I was like, oh, people who don't know each other are getting drunk, and and guys are work working up the courage to go say something to these girls, and I would just like observe, and I'm like, that guy's certifiably stupid, and he just went home with that girl. You know, like he, it's <laughs> it's not intelligence at all. It yeah, is like, just vibes and. You know, and I, and so I just, I realized like it's just kind of like an animal instinct. Like everything is conspiring for people to fuck. Everything. And it's like if you shut your brain off, that it's not hard. Like you literally have to (laughs) just go put yourself in front of the opposite sex and say something. It doesn't matter what it is. And so, I mean, of course, I was awkward, but eventually I just sort of like went with that flow of I'm just going to not even say anything like i've been in those situations where it's like i'm just going to look at you
2: yeah <laughs> you literally don't have to say anything
3: you i'm going to look at you and we're going to start <laughs> some making eyes yeah we're going to start making out and next thing you know it's like i hooked That's up with girls that shit. i did not know i don't know their names it just happened oh, yeah. so a lot of that
5: in my youth
3: <laughs> <laughs> but i just watched a lot of dumb people hooking up like a lot of stupid people And I'm like, and not
2: good-looking people too. It's like this is what's supposed to
3: happen if you turn your brain off. This is exactly what is supposed to happen if you turn your brain off. Your body and everything else will take over. But I mean, lots of people are just self-conscious, and that's why people drink is so that they can get loose and do what they want to do, which is find somebody they can have sex with. So, I get it. I think it's just one of those like rite of passage things uh, for some people uh, where. Unless you're in a relationship and you're just, you stay in a relationship, like, how do you make a date or sex, even on a date, how do you make sex happen? How do you initiate sexual moves? <laughs> you know, you have to figure out how to do that. And I think that's just the thing that most guys struggle with for a while.
0: <laughs> what are you laughing at? Dude? Uh,
2: I, David's never struggled with it. Uh,
5: yeah. I mean, you just start going. I mean, if, if, if the person's expressing attraction in some way with their body and stuff. I mean it's you just start to slide in. I mean it just starts to go. I don't know. Well Well, there's (laughs) a vagina. whoop I mean there's sophistication
3: levels. You know, there's there's girls can do things where they are like they're into it, but they're gonna say no, even though they want you to, to, you know, do the thing. It's mm -hmm. not so simple as I'll just go
5: with the flow.
4: (laughs) Nine Yeah, just just feel
2: it in your body, man. I
5: have confidence in my just sensuality and stuff. And touch and in your dick. Yeah. (laughs) That too. And yeah, I mean and I mean you do something and she responds and if she's responding and it's, you know, equally into it, you know, then you know, you're parlaying back and forth. Big
3: hormone sex workshops coming yeah soon yeah, there are you.
2: you
4: oh yeah
5: we're gonna have to cut
0: off all of this right I would, we would to be to no
2: use we would just be like just feel it in your body and just, <laughs> just trust your
4: gut. <laughs> <laughs> just go for it man
0: <laughs> yeah i mean maybe it's play last but like you know we were kind of having this conversation earlier but of just like uh or social blind or four or five or whatever but yeah like that sense mm-hmm. of anybody responding is very something mm-hmm. i don't pick up on at all and right. and so uh yeah that's always been uh it just seems like a, a i don't know something out there you know what i mean so like alexandra will like be like no this like pe- people do respond to you and for me it's like i feel like i'm a blank um mm. like a void you know what i mean like i'm just sort of an empty space walking amongst people or something like that
2: so you don't notice people responding to you or mm-hmm. you just don't Oh, you don't notice okay.
0: everybody. Everybody seems like I. I feel like people respond pretty neutrally. You know what I mean? And like, just like, just it's. I don't know. Yeah, just. I mean, unless like I know them really well or something, they might respond in a different way. But they, yeah, I never really registered people responding to me. I can't. I mean, it's it's
3: it feels really loud to me in terms of like who's into mm-hmm. who. Yeah. Uh One of my favorite jobs was working at a bar and just watching the. Sort of predictable cycle of attraction over the course of so a night. Fun. You know, it's like people get people come in at certain times and then they start drinking. And it's like predictably by like the third round of drinks, people start getting loose. And then, you know, there's a, a peak around 12, 12 30, where people get the liquid courage to start making their moves. Yeah. And everything sort of happens in like 45 minutes and then people leave. Yeah to go hook up and stuff so it's like it's really cool to see it's like you know animals in captivity <laughs> and like the mating cycle and and you know as an alcohol as the lubricant to activate this sort of sexual activity it's really cool to see it's really yeah to see people it's like this is what humans are supposed to do this is what they want to do when they stop thinking is Everybody wants well, to fuck. I
5: mean, the other thing, too, is people, uh, women going to a bar to drink, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, well, why did you go there? In the so, <laughs> right, I, I, We know what you're up to.
4: So it's
3: like um, a watering hole where all the males yeah. are waiting.
4: Right. <laughs> <laughs> On, the pr- yeah. Owl. On the prowl.
3: On the prowl.
5: I used to go to a gay bar, and it was a really cool place uh, downtown by the Alamo believe it or not, and uh, that was a good predator space because you know, <laughs> I was one of the few... Maybe don't say
4: that. Dolls. Yeah. Uh,
5: <laughs> you don't like that word? Predator.
2: Maybe don't say that. Yeah.
5: Predator. Um, anyway, no. Social Better blind
2: with... strikes again. Not what he <laughs> yeah. means, listeners.
5: Uh, back to self-love. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: I was going to go into a thing that has, is a total non-sequitur, but goes back to the self-love thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh,
1: let's see. Blast, boy, blast.
5: Blast, blast, last. All um, over our faces.: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the in my current romantic relationship, <laughs> oh.: uh,
1: Romance for David Gray
5: here
1: we go <laughs> um david is
5: yeah lipped. it's been a
3: do you care about her well-being david
5: i do oh. in fact you're both Mutually
3: caring.
4: yeah
1: yeah david you're so funny like when you get serious about someone you get so like <laughs> yeah so like i don't know just sweet soft boy <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> david gray is whipped everyone you heard it here first
5: <laughs> it happens every once in a while <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, partly, I mean, if you guys can go deep for a moment, I mean okay. i love to silly. go deep I mean, back. we
2: love
0: to yeah. go deep with you i love to go deep with you <laughs> May
1: I go deep with you? Yes, yeah, I mean, girl One yes. thing
5: uh, that's interesting typologically is uh, all of my uh, past relationships there's been a decent amount of frustration in their typology, either in the Trifix, or Four-Type, or Wing, or whatever. And with Kaisa, that's not the case. And and I'm having a One-Wing and and Seven-and-Four. I'm kind of used to and expecting, both due to my past and due to my typology myself, I'm used to there being a bunch of sort of I call it combing for fleas, you know, like looking (laughs) Mm. for what's wrong here and expectations and nitpicking and starting little shit, you know, just to be frustrated about. Right. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. and that's not the case here. And so I'm having to confront a a part of myself that's new, Mm. um, because, um, it's sort of an allowance for being
4: mm.
5: um, and having to find the trust in myself to to be with that mm. and oh, uh man. and to not be and for me to not be expecting expectations you know mm. um oh that's and, good yeah yeah and it's it's and it's because of my typology, it's really difficult to get there, you know, and it, and it's to relax that whole, all that frustration mechanism is, has been an interesting
0: practice really. Um, yeah. So like, can you, like, how does that, like, like, is it just that you're not like detecting a problem and so it's bringing up things about you needing to find one or like, how's how's that experience?
5: Yeah, I'm. I'm continually, as frustration does. I'm continually waiting for or assuming, you know, that something is about to come at some point. Hmm. Um, that is, you know, a nitpick. Something that quote unquote needs to turn into something dramatic or even just some little tiff or something. Whereas, like, she's just really. Wanting my presence, and she knows Mm. just essentially all of my shit. You know what I mean? She knows everything, right? And and it's like, so why aren't you? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you nitpicking?
0: You know what I mean? Why don't
2: you hate me yet? Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So I mean, what I hear you tell me if if something wrong, but what I kind of hear you saying is she just like wants you for you rather than any kind of game. And that might be like kind of a little unusual to your personality.
5: Yeah, it's that definitely. And I I think a piece of it, again, speaking typologically, is she's self-pres blind. And so um, that maybe adds to the sort of um, that she's not um, fishing for something for herself in a certain way. I mean, Mm. not that. Go ahead.
3: Well, I think what you're. I, what you started off saying is that because it's, I think it's beyond self-pressed blind is that yeah. the frustration piece is kind of like always looking for the problem to, the friction, and I want to even if it's like I, I noticed with types that have a lot of frustration, like even six sevens will do this. Whereas like there has to be the drama, there has to be,
4: yeah,
3: you know, if there's no problem to chew on. And be frustrated about there's nothing happening. And so that's yeah. not happening. You're expecting that to, to the other shoe to drop and it hasn't. And she's just kind of she's just kind of accepting you uh just being there, your presence. It's not like you have to do this or you haven't done this or you're not, that,
5: you know. That right there. Yeah, like I'm expecting like every she wants to connect a lot, I do too. And but I'm putting on her desire for connection again with my frustration that there's Something coming, you know, that's uh-huh. gonna be, yeah, uh, uh, trying to just scratch at something, you right? Know what I mean, right. Whereas it's really just saying. wanting to um, reestablish the connection and the beingness together, and really the kind of, um, I guess you'd say, I don't know, just safe space, you know, where it's Ooh. like you can be whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: it sounds like it's some attachment stuff for you too david like it's not necessarily just frustration but it sounds like your attachment is maybe used to always having a project to try to fix Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and a standard to try to meet based on these like past partners that had a lot of frustration energy and they're great at just like generating like a standard that needs to be met yeah and Mm -hmm. so kaisa not doing that with or sorry are we not supposed to okay whatever we're doing Uh, nice and so kaisa not doing that to you is maybe triggering your attachment of like oh, i'm not needing to like adapt somehow and so what am i supposed to do just chill
5: right (laughs) so yeah i mean and then to get freudian uh my mother was triple frustration one seven four right so again that's another sort of template that was established Hmm. where i'm assuming you know that frustration scratchiness is coming Mm. yeah
1: Yeah, because I related to that. And, you know, I guess I still kind of do sometimes just because, like, patterns run really deep. But, like, when John and I got together and he just really just wanted to hang out, you know, (laughs) like just wanted to chill and connect and be together and, Mm. you know, other stuff and uh, stuff like that, where I was other stuff. (laughs) Where, Can You remind where me of what stuff? What
3: what stuff were
0: you talking about, Alex? I don't
1: know, just like 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 eat ice cream, <laughs> reading books and, yeah. Yeah. together,
0: eating ice cream, pick my stuff, eating, eating my cream,
1: just butter those <laughs> fruits, you know. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. <laughs>
4: um, eat it
3: before you beat it.
4: Yeah, God.
2: Just <laughs> <laughs> getting into uh,
5: predator territory.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's some um, bin, some predator. I'm-
2: <laughs> this episode is such a fucking landmark <laughs> I know, it really is. <laughs>
0: little Puerto Rican, and I'm El Chupacabre.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or is it beat it before you eat it?
1: <laughs> well, whatever, both work. Um, what has happened to me? Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I guess just like the expectation to adapt was there to the point where I would like basically make up problems that he had with me that he did not have with me <laughs> <laughs>
4: you know
1: because i just needed to adapt or i didn't feel like i was like contributing in a in a way that would create love <laughs> you know?